Hey, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim. I've got a couple of great guests today. And this is one of those episodes where if you're typically just listening to the show on your favorite podcast listening app, it's one of those shows where you'll want to go to the show notes at silentjim.com slash podcast and look for the YouTube link because I've got Rich and Shelly Potter on the line today. We're actually hitting the video camera record and crack me up. I met these guys like less than two minutes ago, which they can attest to. And Rich and I are wearing the exact same t-shirt. <laughs> <It's laughs> like we totally didn't plan it. I like, what in the world is going on here? Apparently, we both shop at Kohl's. So that's pretty funny. So if you want to check that out. But just to see this great looking couple that's done some amazing things. And if I know their story right from the notes I got beforehand, like I said, we just met. But I think we just recently went full-time, Rich, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just left my job last week. Dude, that's awesome. What a great time to get you guys on the podcast. So I'm going to turn the microphone very quickly over to you. Tell us your story. I'm going to ask a few questions here and there, but I just can't wait to get to know you guys. Okay. Great. We're Rich and Shelly. We, we've been married 14 years. We got three girls and I have been working in a sales job for the last 12 years. So it's the only job I've had since college. Um, an incredible job. And uh, what happened, what started us looking for other ways to make money was about five and a half years ago, my largest account in my sales office, their company sold to a company in India. And I was worried like that overnight, like 75% of my income was just going to be gone. And so we started just kind of looking around, trying to figure out what we could do to make other make money. And, um, we initially started looking at opening a gym and we started doing a lot of research on that and discovered that it was going to be way too much money. And uh, we just weren't in a position to, to do that. But in that discovery, we kind of found uh, photo booths. So I came to her with the idea of starting up a photo booth rental company. And she, you know, being the great wife she is, she jumped on board and, and, and we did it. Um, so that was about five years ago that we launched our, photo booth company. So have we met at the previous event? We have not been to any of the events yet. Okay. No. Because there was someone with a photo booth that at one of our events and I thought maybe we had encountered each other. I wanted to be corrected if I was wrong there. So we haven't actually ever met, have we? No, we've not. No. Nope. Didn't think so. Okay. Wow. So let me ask you, Shelly, as Rich is telling that part of the story, like how did that hit you? I mean, I remember 17 years ago when I came home and told my wife, you know, I was working for Microsoft at the time, like I'm unemployed now. And I think I'm going to take a shot at going full time. She was pregnant. Like how'd that hit mom? I don't know. He's always just been a go-getter. So it didn't really stress me out. I think he carries a lot of the stress for us. So I try and be more of the relaxed one. And so just kind of, you know, it's going to work out you know, we'll figure this out, whatever. But, um, when he said photo booth, I wasn't really sure. And he didn't mention this, but when we did get into the photo booth, uh, industry, our first experience with it, we bought a semi franchise, uh, with a photo booth that ended up being a scam. Um, oh, and no. we, we lost how much we lost like 10 grand right, yeah. right out the gate. Yeah. And so, I mean, most people would have just said, okay, we're just going to not, touch that anymore, but we decided to rebrand and come out with our own photo booth company and um, try it again. So yeah, we felt like it was the right idea. We just went we just about it the wrong messed way. Up the first time. <laughs> I got you. Well, I know you guys have a successful Amazon business and we'll get into that, but we're just covering the history right now. Tell me a little bit about that photo booth concept. I'm not even sure what we're talking about exactly right now. 
Oh, you go ahead. Okay, so we just uh, we take our photo booths to your event. So we do weddings, we do corporate events, basically any kind of party where you want to have a photo booth. Uh, here in Arizona, they have them everywhere. You know, quinceañeras, sweet sixteens, just pool parties, anything out here. So I got you. So it's like a party rental. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just something for the guests to do. That's cool. I got it. So I'm, I'm sure probably the vast majority of the females in the audience are like, duh, Jim. And the dudes are like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. So yeah. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. Cause well, like my wife and kids love them. We can hardly walk past one, like at a mall or a movie theater or whatever. Right. But you just kind of set those up on site. I got it. So is that a business you guys are still doing? Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah it's uh, it's going great. You know, we bought the, the one photo booth and within three months we bought a second and we had hired a couple to, to help us run events and it's turned into a whole event business for us. She, she saw a YouTube video on bubble soccer. Those big bubble suits you get in and hit each other with. I saw it. I love it. Yeah, of course. That's so really she, cool. So she showed that to me and she's like, we should do this. And my first thought was no, I don't want to do that. And then, and then I think I saw it pop up in my feed a week or two later and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Let's do it. So within, I think it was three or four months of starting the photo booth, we had added that on to, to our rental uh, business. I love it. I had a, a buddy of mine. Actually, he's the one who runs the ministry in Detroit that we gave the proceeds to uh, one of my books, the 101 Free Marketing. One oh, I think it's 101freemarketing.com. But uh, he gets all the proceeds from that book ran an inflatables business for a long time in Detroit and employed a lot of guys and helped get them out. It was just, it's just, it's a really neat, fun business model. And this isn't an episode about party rental businesses, but <laughs> apparently you guys are more than capable of coming out with a course on the topic, in my opinion, based on what I'm hearing. So, Hey, who knows? Yeah. Um, but you guys are, so that's one income stream. Yeah. Yeah. So that was our first income stream and we, we quickly paid everything off. It kind of turned out to where my job actually got better and better instead of going the other way. Um, and so we just reinvested everything right into the business, paid everything off. And then it was, it was about a year later, I, I was on Facebook and um, an old high school buddy that I used to wrestle with had made a post that him and his brother were killing it on Amazon, selling FBA. And then his brother went through this, this launch course, you know, you should go check it out. And so, so I did, like I started watching the videos and, and cause I didn't know, I didn't know anything about FBA at all. Started watching all the videos and we got really interested. Like, this is something we should do. And then it came to the very end and we saw the price tag and we're just like, oh, wow. For those who aren't watching right now, Shelly just shook her head like very demonstrably like, no. <laughs> so it was a pretty, it was one of those big pricey, big launch courses, which I'm, we're, a lot of us are very familiar with. Yeah. And you decided not to go that route, it sounds like. I did not to. And then Shelly just started doing some research. Yeah, and I think we both were. We were just kind of looking at different avenues we can find information on it. And then I'm pretty sure it was you that stumbled across that. Oh, that's funny because I thought it was her. Oh, well, um. I'll take the credit for it. <laughs> I, I found Pat. Good job, Shelly. Shelly gets the credit. Shelly for the win. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember finding that. That was you. Yeah, one of us found you. Yeah. And then we, you know, we bought the course and started, you know, going through the modules and stuff like that. And we really felt good about wholesale. And that's, that's kind of where we went. We, we went out and we tried doing retail arbitrage a few times and we got frustrated with it. It just, we couldn't, couldn't get it to click, but wholesale 
I mean, I, in sales, I worked in distribution and it was all about buying from the manufacturer and then selling to our customer. And it was something that I was very familiar with. And so that's, that's the, the direction we went with our Amazon business. Now, so you guys purchased the proven Amazon course, how long ago? That's a few years ago, right? Yeah, that would have, that would have been like October of 16, October of 16. Yeah. yeah 2016. Gotcha. Okay. So it's been a, it's been a good while back and you started off with the retail arbitrage, you know, buying and flipping from retail stores didn't quite resonate with you. So you got into wholesale. And so take us through your journey the past three years. Like what are some highlights, lowlights? Did it ever get scary? At what point did you feel like you were really on to something and talk, talk us through the journey a little bit? Sure. Yeah. We were sitting on the couch one night. We were watching Shark Tank because I love that show. (laughs) Decent show. Yeah. And, uh, and we saw a product come on and, um, you know, I, right away, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to Google that. I'm going to Google that company and see if they, um, you know, will allow an Amazon seller. And, um, that's how we found our first product. That was our first product. Right Shark Tank. Yep. No way. So did you, are you guys the only Amazon seller of that product? So we don't sell them anymore. It's yeah. about a year, yeah, about a year ago they they locked everybody out. But yeah. uh, we sold them for a couple of years. They got us started. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Wow. Were there other sellers even at the beginning, or were you guys it? There was, it was one, us and one other one, one other one. Yep. Yeah, there was two of us for for a long time. And that was just a year ago, right? So no. So that would have been that would have been Q four of twenty sixteen. Okay, a, few, a couple of years plus. Yeah, you know, it just it. It amazes me the number of ideas that are just laying out there right under our noses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many millions of people watch the show Shark Tank? How many thousands of them probably have an Amazon FBA business? Yeah. But you guys actually picked up the phone. Actually, you picked up Google yeah. <laughs> well. and asked a question. It was a complicated process, complex. Did they make you jump through hoops or did they say, hey, yeah, you want to place an order? Like what, what was it like? It was super easy. They had no problem with it at all. They just were like, okay, how many do you want? Yeah. How many you want? (laughs) Shark Tank and all the, the big, all the big advertisers that sponsor that show basically advertised your product for you. Absolutely. Oh, every time it re-aired, we had an influx of sales. It was exactly. I love it when the major brands do my advertising for me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. What a great idea. And I, I I think as people listen to this, they're going to kick themselves going, Oh, I I could have done that. I could so be doing that. And it's true. You so could. And you know, something else too, this is a good point of education right now. We'll give you guys a break from the story, gather your thoughts here. We'll keep it rocking in a second, but you know, even if there are multiple sellers, we've had episodes of this podcast lately where let's say you get into a product, it's an interesting product, it's got a lot of traction and traffic, and maybe they had, let's say, 30 sellers, 40 sellers. You're like, man, we're all just racing to the bottom. That's a golden opportunity too, because you can contact the manufacturer and say, hey, I'm going to propose that you have one seller because I know these sellers are all beating each other up. Here's the plan. Let's get you your own Amazon account. I'll manage it. You get the checks from Amazon. All I want is a percentage. I can manage the whole thing. I belong to a community of people that live, eat, breathe, sleep. Marketing on Amazon, one of the premier communities in the world for this stuff. Let me take a shot at this and, and solve some of your headaches while selling more than you ever imagined. Most of the time, and when I say most, I'm talking like better than 50% of the time, if you pitch that to a hot product, you're going to get a phone call and you're going to have a conversation and you're going to have an opportunity. So if there's only a few sellers, that's great. If there's a bunch of sellers, that's great. There's always a path forward here. So just a little side lesson 
in uh, encouraging people to look into these opportunities, which are literally everywhere. I mean, you can just kind of be chilling on the couch, watching TV, eating some popcorn and have ideas drop in your lap with this business. I love it. All right. So, so keep the story going. So you found a, a first hot, hot wholesale product, got you excited. Yes. Yeah. And then right away, Shelly found another one. I was, it was a Facebook ad. I was on Facebook. Right? I saw this um, product and I, I looked at it and like, that's really cool. Clicked on it. It's nothing I would have been interested in. I don't know why it was on my Facebook page, but clicked on it and ended up being a really big seller for us until what you just talked about. Someone else Someone came beat in us to the bunch. and beat yeah. us at um, having exclusivity with that company. Oh, so they went and actually proposed exclusivity. You guys were just a buyer. Yep. They proposed partner. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and we were we, so new. We didn't know. Sure. Um, yeah. We we had two really good Q4s with that product. Yeah. Um, and then and then we got locked out after that. Tell me as much as you can about that product. I mean, specific or just general category. Sure. I mean, we, we, no, no, yeah, we can't sell it anymore. Nobody can sell no, it anymore. Yeah. But the, it was a, a beanie with two with an LED light uh, built into it, and so it was you know for workers and things like that. People work on outside in the dark needed an LED light. Gotcha. Yeah. So some we probably could have looked into private labeling, but yeah, we, possibly sounds like something you could have. Yeah, with the right keywords, yep. and and a good way to know there was that a was that a brand name brand driven product or was it. I mean, it wasn't a brand that we had ever heard of, but they're a pretty big brand. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they, they do have patents and stuff like that that you have to... I can't even remember the brand. The reason I ask is with some keyword testing, this is, this is our PPI strategy in the Proven Amazon course. We teach this strategy where you can go in and test and see. You know, Amazon's not going to tell you how many people type certain keywords every day. They just won't. They hold on to that data. No one knows that data. All the tools out there are just guessing at that data. They don't say a word to anybody unless you run an ad. And I love this product as a specific lesson here because I would like to know, and maybe it's still worth even going back and doing, although you know, there's a billion products where this holds true. Nothing special about this one in particular. But I would like to know, was it the keyword that was driving the traffic or was it the LED beanie? or you know, just the word beanie, you know, what was driving the traffic? Because if it wasn't the keyword of the brand that's driving the traffic, then yes, absolutely. There's a private label opportunity there because you could call it Rich and Shelley's Beanie LED, have a you know, manufacturer make them for you. And you know that the, the magic keywords are Beanie and LED, not the manufacturer's name, right? So that means that that's what we call the golden gaps is those places where people are using generic search phrases to look for products where there's either not enough options out there or there's no options out there. And that's how you discover them. And it, if it's tied to, however, if it's like a Nike LED beanie, well, and Nike's the keyword that's getting all the hot action, right? There's not as much opportunity there. So this is a little side lesson. PPI is one of the modules in the Proven Amazon course. Have you guys gone through that by any chance? Um, we purchased it and then we, we got busy and we never... It's one of the free modules inside there. Just at some point, it, it, the level your guys' business is at, which we're going to get to in the story for those who are excited to hear the next chapter of the story. But at the level you guys are at, I would venture to guess, and especially the business model you've used, that there's a good handful of pretty incredible private label opportunities in the products that you've created to where you could lock down the audience a little tighter and even get some off Amazon momentum going as well because of some of the great keywords that are hidden. And so it'd be worth your time to spend an hour or two 
in the PPI, just to start thinking that way. It's just a matter of running a couple of reports and you guys probably have some gold sitting right in your recently sold inventory. But uh, well, let's keep the story going. I want to hear more about what happened next. You had a couple home runs. Yeah, a couple home runs. I, we did about like 40, I want to say 45, $50,000 those first two months. So which happened to be November, December, they were, you know, great Q4 months. Yeah, um, pumps you up a little bit. So yeah, so after those, I, I really started diving into that wholesale course and just learning how to just reach out to different brands and ask if we can sell their stuff on Amazon. So 2016, trying to trying to make sure I got the years right because we did fifty thousand the first two months, and it was about three hundred fifty thousand the next year. So we found uh, several great products and just exploded. So then it might be 2015, Jim, honestly, we started. So it would have been 2015 where we had November, December, 2016, we did 350,000. And then 2017, we hit a million. You hit a million in sales. Million in sales. At what point did you hit the magic number? I imagine it was a big day. It was right at the end of the year. We ended up with $1,010,000 for the whole no year. No way. So it was That's beautiful. It was the last two or three days of the year that we hit it. Have you got that screenshot? Did you save it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Beautiful. Awesome. Maybe we can post it with the, uh, with this episode as a little evidence for people you know, blot out any personal info there, but that's beautiful. Congratulations. Okay. So that takes us up through the start of this year. Where are we at? So 50, 2015, 350, 2016, 2017, 1 million, 2018, we were just shy of a million. So we actually went backwards about $40,000. We lost a, uh, lost a few lines and, you know, we just, we got busy with other things. And so that growth just, um, we just kind of stagnated a little bit for about, for about a year. And then, so this year we decided in April that we really wanted to start hitting it hard. I wanted to get out of my job and we decided the best thing for us was to get a warehouse. And well, let me just interject oh, for a second. Yeah, Shelly, fill in some gaps. <laughs> One of the reasons why we did decide to get a ware- warehouse was I was absolutely losing my mind with the boxes. Um, <laughs> I mean, we would have guests over and we'd have to just shove all the boxes. I did. My garage was constantly full. I had employees working in this Arizona heat in my garage trying to label. Yeah. You know, and have my UPS and my, you know, semis coming down my neighborhood. My neighbors mm. were hating life. And so I think that was a big part of it. I was telling them, just, we have to get these boxes out of here. I need my house back. Yeah. I love that. I just, that is the journey of online selling. I'm, I can't help but smile. I mean, hopefully you took some pictures of that chapter. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I put on Instagram several times just the Someday you guys are going to sell this company for $50 million and that's going to be a, an old picture hanging on the wall. The third owner is going to have over his desk, you know, <laughs> it's just going to be like, yeah, that's how it started. Yeah. And a hundred boxes showed up and are sitting in the courtyard. Yeah. Yep. yep. Someday one of your daughters will be president of that company with a picture of a garage full of boxes saying <laughs> I was there. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. And I was at work all day. So I didn't see a lot of that side of the business. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of took lead in the sourcing and the purchasing and Shelly took everything else and she was managing the employees and the, the prepping and getting it all into Amazon and stuff. So I would, I would order all the stuff and get it here and then she would have to deal with, with all, all the boxes. boxes. Wow. So what's your team look like now? 
So it's, it's the three of us. It's me, her, and then we have a guy that works in our warehouse probably about anywhere, depending on the week, 25 to 35 hours a week for us. Okay. So he helps prep the shipments. He helps with, with a lot of different tasks now. He's kind of so a golden boy. So we really, he's awesome. I don't, we really lucked out. I think. Oh yeah. That's awesome. He helps with photo booths and the bubble soccer. And so he's involved yeah. with all of it. Oh yeah. So he's still got the party business rocking. Yeah. Party uh, rental. Yep. 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 So, so we signed a lease on our little, it's like a thousand square foot space in May. And, um, you know, and then we, we had Richard come in, you know, he was what, maybe 10, 15 hours a week at mm-hmm. most. Right. Yeah. And then we'll get the warehouse. We're like, dude, we need you like yeah. 30 hours his, a week. He quit his other job, quit his and- job and came to work for us semi part-time and, and uh, we've been rocking and rolling since then. And so we, we took on those two extra big costs, you know, the warehouse and him. And we decided that we really needed to hit it. And it was, it was a push we needed. We grew 30% in the next 45 days. Okay. So we're just talking here in the past few months. I love this story. You guys aren't digging back very far into the past at this point. You got a warehouse. Rich quit his job that you've been doing for a long time. And I, you said the numbers were ramping up. So that was a pretty big decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good job. And we we're doing, I was doing six figures and it was, they, they treated me real well. And so it was a big decision to, to walk away from that. Yeah. So how, how are you, what are we just a couple of weeks on the other side of that decision? How has it settled in? It's good. Like it's good. And it's different for sure. Like he's the, had some anxiety moments. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's weird for me, like waking up and not having my whole day laid out for me and trying to figure it out, you know, trying to get a schedule together and, and, you know, a part of our story is we now have the gym. And so now I'm trying to figure that out too. So, wow. So you guys have the gym going too. Yeah. So we that's... just took ownership of the gym two days ago. Oh, that's great. For, the, for those who are just listening to this episode, I got to say, it's kind of priceless watching these two interact. And Shelly's like, he's had some anxiety moments. <laughs> you guys are so cute. I love it. You, you've got to watch this video. But yeah, I mean, I love how raw this is. Like you guys are right in the middle, but you're, you're positioned so incredibly well. Arguably, any one of the three businesses that you guys have up and rocking right now could just be so huge and sustain. I mean, we already know the numbers behind your Amazon business. What we haven't hit yet is the margins, which I'd, got, I'd be curious to know, you know approximately what margins we're talking about. I have a pretty decent guess just based, based on my knowledge of the industry, but you know, where are you guys at? Uh, yeah, so, so gross margins about 13 and a half, 14%. Um, we're netting right around 10 and a half. So you know, it's a lot slimmer than retail arbitrage than a private label, but you know, it works for us. Yeah. And, and like I said before, even knowing those numbers now, yeah, you guys, there's no reason you couldn't get that up to 20, 25 or 30 with some private label product. And you're even positioned really well to maybe move to some Shopify action where the margins are phenomenal. You got your own website, which is something we're getting excited about around here more and more all the time. Because, you know, Amazon likes their 30% of the cut. You don't have to pay that if you're doing it through your own website. So there's some options there. You guys have a lot of irons in the fire. I mean, what's the reality look like around there? I know now you're full-time. Do you feel like you're kind of breathing fresh air now or is it kind of like busier than ever? Well, it, it's it's really busy right now. We just taken over the gym uh, two days ago. So, you know, I'm trying to figure that out. So Shelly's kind of taken over the reins for the, the event business and even the Amazon business. And I'm going to focus on on the gym for the next three to six months and get that up and running to where I can hire a manager and then give it a shot. 
how are you advertising for this is we're kind of going all over the place, but that's kind of the reality of your entrepreneurial journey. So I'm going to ask you some questions about how you're marketing the gym. What are your plans there? I think we're going to do a lot of Facebook and Instagram. It's what it's where the market is for sure. Um, yep. So have you looked at the proven audience formula course? I'll get you guys a copy of it if you haven't yet. Um, I've watched the first video. I haven't gotten too far into it, but um, yeah, have we it? have access to it. We do have it. Yeah. So yeah. we're, I'm going through that. Um, You'll enjoy that. That's that's our basically our and we're coming out with version 2.0 soon. I'll get you guys that access because you're awesome guests too. We've learned a lot since that first one came out. The proven audience formula is beautiful, but it's about to become provenaudienceformula.com 2.0 because we've learned even more. And we feel like we've got some things now that don't require your ability to generate viral videos in order to make it work really well. I think you're going to enjoy it. Sounds very cool. Yeah. The, the power of pictures, man. Like to kind of sum it up, just getting, getting the right pictures in front of the right people, man, you could do some powerful things that way, especially local marketing with a gym that could really blow up. So you guys are th- sitting on three pretty incredible assets. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty encouraging for people today to hear like, okay, wow, this, and you've got three kids, which I wouldn't mind hearing how that integrates in. Like what are their ages? We haven't hit that. Like, do they, do they have a role in all this? What's their impression of mom and dad's reality? Well, I'm sure they love dads around more. They've noticed that probably, right? Yeah, they, they love that I'm there in the morning when they get up and get, ready, get them ready for school. So, yeah. How old are they? So we have a, a nine-year-old, a six-year-old. She's tall, so sometimes we think she's a little older. Um, and a four-year-old. And so all girls, and they're busy and awesome kids. I think we really really lucked out with just pretty easy chill kids. So absolutely. Yeah. The, the nine-year-old pays attention to what we're doing too. Like she's always wanting to she's entrepreneurially wired yep. for sure. Um she would this was last year I think she started drawing some pictures and she went out on her bike with her friend and didn't even tell me that she was going and selling her pictures to our neighbors. That's beautiful. She came home I think with what like And um, I mean, she's just constantly trying to think of things. Right now, she's writing a book. So, reminds me of that book, uh, Real Artists Don't Starve. No such thing as starving artists, right? She she cracked the code that there's people who go to college for five years, never figured out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's she's something. Oh, that's great. But, uh, and she's helped me label before, you know, simple things that her and her friend wanted to earn some money. And so, I said, okay, stick some labels on here. And, you know, so she's helped with the business here and there. And that you're giving your girls a great gift to, to see the cooperation between mom and dad, running a business, serving others, making life about serving others and the benefits that come with it. That's beautiful. Kudos, guys. Thanks. That's phenomenal. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. I like to ask these questions. And again, uh, you know, I just met Rich and Shelly along with you know, the, the folks who are meeting them today, basically, we've never had a conversation before. I'm getting to know them. But I like to ask our successful online sellers specifically, because I doubt we have many people here today going, you know, I've been wanting to start an inflatables party business. Um, but for those of us who are talking about Amazon, what might you say? What encouragement might you give to someone who's either early in the game or maybe they're looking to grow? Like, you know, be the coaches for a second. In, encourage us, talk to us. What What's the reality of this business? Well, I think, um, gosh, there's so much out there that uh, 
the potential is just, it's, it's unlimited really. And I think it's just important to just get started. I, th- I think it is, as it relates to us and wholesale, you just, you can't get discouraged. I think most people are going to tell you no, but uh, it's, it's a numbers game. So just, you just contact as many as you can. And, and that one out of 20 or one out of, you know, 30, whatever it is, it makes it all worth it. So that's, that's my encouragement with, with wholesale is there's lots of companies that need our help that want our help. Uh, even though, you know, you submit those first 10 and they all say, no, just keep going. Cause there's, there's a lot out there that would, that would love help on it. I love the point you're making there. And I want to hear from you, Shelly. I think you've got something you want to say too, but before we get away from what Rich just said, I'm curious, you were in sales before that last job you had, correct? Yeah. What was your yes to no ratio there? Because all good salespeople kind of get that boiled down. Like, what were you used to and accustomed to there? Yeah. So, my, uh, my accounts is all business to business. So, I managed uh, five accounts there. It was more a big account management versus calling on new clients. It was big, big account management, but we had huge competitors. And I'd say like the total spend of our customers, I mean, we were still probably only 10, 15%, but you know, right. it, it's just getting out there just always asking for that. sell. yeah, that's the, the point I'm making is anyone with any kind of sales background will tell you, it's like, yeah, you're going to hear the word no a lot. You kind of need to get used to it and stop having your feelings hurt. And the faster you can get to a no, the better a genuine no. Sometimes a no means wait, no means maybe, no means later. And sometimes it actually means no. And the quickest yeah. you can get to that point and where you know which it is, the better, right? But in the wholesale calling, yeah, it's just, you're going to hear 10, 20 no's and then you're going to hear, yeah, let's do it. Let's make some money together. It's just a numbers game. So I love that you've reduced it down very quickly and instinctually because I know we've had people go through uh, the wholesale training that's inside the Proven Amazon course and maybe they'll call on four or five or eight companies and get no's and like, ah, this doesn't work. You can't quit that fast. So I love that you emphasize that point. Good stuff. Shelly, what what you have on your mind? What lessons might you teach reality of this business and encouraging folks? Well, I mean, I have, we have so many people ask us, you know, how do I get into it? And how have you guys gotten success? And the first thing I'll tell them is you're, once you start learning and you start to ask those questions and you're reaching out to these people, you're going to hit so many brick walls. And most people will just walk away. They're like, it's too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't get through these walls. I said, you just have to break through them and find a way to get through them. I know when I first started listening to PAC and um, trying to learn just even just FBA and how it all worked, um, it's so much information. And my brain, you know, trying to be a mom and trying to be a wife and trying to do all of these other things and trying to focus on this, I, for two, three days, I would step away from it and I would try and process it. Uh, So a lot of the times I wouldn't even think about it. And then I would revisit, rewatch those videos, rewatch those tutorials, and then they would start to clip. And so for me, that was one of the hardest parts was just because I didn't want to irritate Amazon trying to like send my stuff. in. that was one of the scary things for me. I didn't want to mess anything up and ruin our relationship. And, you know, cause I've heard those horror stories where you, you know, send those products in the wrong way and they shut you down. And so I'm like, I don't want to be the one, <laughs> the one to have everything be shut down. And that was really important for me to make sure I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing and sending it in the correct way. So anyways, that's what I tell people. Just if you get frustrated and you will get frustrated, just step away, go get a, you know, 
go out to dinner or have a, you know, just step away from for a minute and then revisit it later. Um, but just don't give up. That's great. That's great advice. What part of it, I'm curious, and this is, I mean, I'll set this question up this way. As one of the leading organizations that teaches new sellers or even online entrepreneurs coming from any possible background, how to begin selling successfully on Amazon, you know, and this is a question, I'm, I'm about to ask you a question, Shelly, that Amazon actually asked us because they struggle with the same thing. You know, Amazon has a large team at their corporate headquarters that's in charge of onboarding new sellers. They want more sellers. They want them to have a good experience. They want them to have a smooth transition into being profitable and not have all these brick walls that you're talking about. And they were asking us for advice because we're really good at moving people through that process. But I'm curious, you know, this is still fresh enough to you. I've been selling stuff online for 17 years. You know, I, I, I wake up with this stuff processing in my brain if I like it or not but it's still fairly fresh. Like what were some of those brick walls you hit? Does anything stand out? Or was it more just an, an overwhelming wave of information that you had to process? You know, be as specific as you can. If anything comes back to mind, I'm just curious, you know, where were those points where you were nervous or confused, if you recall? Uh, I think honestly, it was more so of the overwhelming amount of information that I was trying to consume. But I think a lot of it was, you know, what if I put the label on the wrong part of the box or, you know, and that, and, and thinking back on it, it was so insignificant. Right. Amazon's not going to shut you down for not putting the label on or not covering a barcode or, you know what I mean? And so I, I honestly, I don't know if I can pinpoint, I think it was just so much information. And so maybe a, f- a fear of the unknown. Yes. A little bit. Right. And I don't like not knowing something, knowing how to do something. Yeah. Um, I'd like to learn it within five minutes if I can. <laughs> I hear you. And you know, let me just make a point of emphasis here that if there's someone listening, they're like, yeah, I can relate to that. Like, where does the label go? How do I make sure I'm using the right label? You know, those are the kind of questions that we're more than happy to answer in our Facebook group. We've got 52,000 plus people and great people like Shelly and Rich hanging out in there, you know, from all over the world. So there's no situation you're going to run into that a few thousand of us haven't seen before. Odds are. And we're here to help. And we're here to, to encourage and say, yeah, just slick, you know, slap that sticker anywhere. Yeah, it doesn't matter if the corner's torn. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you use, you know, instead of clear duct tape, you use something, a clear box tape, you use a different kind of box tape. No one cares. You know, those kind of silly questions that might really tie somebody up and like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. Hey, just ask. We're here to help. That's one of the things I love about our community is we've always got new people coming in. And then we got eight-figure sellers in there hanging out, learning and growing together. So I appreciate your transparency there, Shelly. That's cool. Well, any other things you guys want to share with some of the listeners today that from your journey, any kind of encouragement or any other specific, you know, if, if you know, say a buddy from high school called you up and like, hey, is this legit? Like, you know, what would you tell them? What's your encouragement? Is the opportunity still there? You know, spend a couple minutes on that. Either one of you, it's kind of tossing the ball to either one of you to, to run with. Right. Me? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just say, I tell everybody, just go for it. I mean, you know, what's it really going to hurt if you just take that risk? If, if it even is a risk, don't let fear of the unknown stop you from doing something that could be amazing. You know, we should have opened up a warehouse a long time ago, but we were so scared to do it and pull that trigger that, you know, we could have been where we are now last year. Yep. So just pull that trigger. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Just, just take action. I felt we were stalled out in our business for a little over a year. And um, 
And when I, when we started looking at it, we realized like we didn't have, we had employees that were helping us boxing and prepping shipments, but we didn't have anyone focused on the income generating side of it. Growing. Right. And on growth. So we, we kind of refocused Richard into helping us source. And then we'd get to the boxes when they came in, we'd, we'd get to all that stuff, but we started focusing, having someone always focus on, on growth and just, just an example. And I think we were forced into it with the lease, right? The lease and the employee were like, we got to do this now. And so we started hitting the sourcing hard and June of 2018, we did 65,000 that year, right? June of 2019, we did 120, you know, and it was just because of our sourcing efforts, just the last few months of just getting refocused and just focused on growth. And, you know, because if, if we're not growing and add lines, we're always like losing lines and lines become, you know, the race to the bottom. You always hear about that. And so we, we'd have to drop lines and if we're not growing, we're shrinking. And so let, let me, I, I love a, a point that you just made there. Because I get frequently asked, you know, you guys, this is you guys a couple of years ago. At what point did you hire him? His name is Richard, right? Richard, yes. What, at what point did you hire him? How long ago? She's been helping us for two years. A couple of years? I think Amazon's been about a year. The reason I ask is at the point where you guys were considering hiring him, if you'd have come to me and said, okay, we're thinking about hiring somebody. Are we ready to do that? I said, absolutely. You should have done it a long time ago. And you say, okay, what role should we give him? And you stumbled into the right answer over time. I love where your instincts drifted because a lot of people, they'll hear me say, only do the stuff that only you can do. And they think that means their first hire is someone to put tape on boxes or someone to run boxes to the warehouse or you know the menial stuff. They think that's what I'm saying. But your first hire needs to be someone who generates the income to allow you to begin hiring those people to put tape on boxes. So you're going to be wearing all the hats until you find somebody else that can learn the systems that you're running that generate income. You want other income producing employees, assets, partners, and then you can begin doing the stuff that only you can do. And that holds true for the gym. That holds too true for the party rental business. This is classic business advice. This is timeless, thousands of year old, ancient Jewish wisdom about how to run a business. Your first hire is someone that produces more income. And then you begin relieving yourself of those rep- repetitive, menial, tedious tasks, right? So it only makes sense. And you guys kind of stumbled there into that. So you've got Richard actually generating income at this point, finding new sources. You went from 65,000 one year in June, middle of summer, which some people would say is the slow season, to 120,000 the next June because Richard's out there actually generating income was what I heard you say, correct? Absolutely. And then there were other things that played into that. Oh, of course. I I feel the warehouse has really helped us. You know, we get a lot more yeses now because we have a commercial address. You know, that's definitely, it's not for everybody, but it's it's been magic for us. So Mm, that's a great point. And that's, that's something I still do to this day strategically uh, have a, have a very business looking address. If we're dealing with a, a supplier, you want them to be able to pull you up on Google maps and they're not seeing a neighborhood. They're seeing a that looks like a retail district. Yep, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the one of the tips that we use, you can get those office rental. I contracted with an office rental space, and I was one of their first tenants when they first opened. And I negotiated a deal where I could have an address there 
in a suite that doesn't exist. It's a two-story building and I'm suite 600 on the sixth floor. But they collect my mail for me for 50 bucks a month. And it's a very legitimate looking awesome address that gets me past that hurdle. So there's creative solutions out there. You don't want to use like a UPS store box because everyone knows what those are if they're able to do a little research. But man, it looks legit to have a suite 600 and they pull it up and there's an office looking suite, right? Uh, so that's just a little creative solution. If you want to get a business address, there's creative solutions out there. And don't, and don't be afraid, like with Richard, like don't be afraid of training future competition, right? Like I think a lot of people like don't hire people in strategic spots because they're afraid that they're just going to learn it and leave. And, you know, I would love for Richard to open up his own Amazon account and have some success. And, and we're talking about that and I'm kind of coaching him through it now too. But you know, if, if he does, if he leaves, we will train someone else and I'll be happy for Richard. But uh, in, in everything we've done, I've never, we've never had anyone leave us and compete with us. And yeah. so I don't, don't be worried about that either. No, you can't spend your time worry, worrying about that. I completely agree. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with a non-compete, you know, Hey, for one year, you won't sell anything online, physical product, because we're going to teach you some proprietary stuff. Have them sign a non-compete. You know, but ultimately they can ignore that and you're probably not going to lawyer up and fight it in court. But yeah, you've got to train other people. Don't, don't try to wear all those hats. It'll wear you out. I've seen a lot of people burn themselves out. Yeah. You know, rarely does someone last 10 years doing it all themselves. Oh, absolutely. I can think of very few exceptions yep. you know, where they've got some decent numbers and they're doing it all themselves. You know, you've got to bring in help. You've got to train people, trust them, take that risk. Because a lot of times it's not just a matter of you choosing when the right time is you know, life's going to throw some curveballs. Baby number four might be a rough pregnancy on mom, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, you could be down for six months, you know, because of an injury or something, right? Like what's the plan? You know, that's why having a team becomes super important. You've got, you know, you've got two or three Richards now and, you know, the business is growing. You've got other people that can fill these roles. It's almost thinking of it like almost a disaster plan, you know, it's how we've been forced to think of it. And when we had our house fire a couple of years ago, I was thrown into that and we had a good deal of preparation but I don't think anything prepares you for like, you know what, I'm going to be kind of unavailable for six months, guys. You know, you've, that takes a lot. Of, that takes a good team. Um, so this is just encouraging those whose businesses are growing, you know, start thinking team sooner rather than later, even if it's piecing together some part-time people helping you out with tasks here and there. Ideally, your first one's generating income. Um, man, this is, this is great conversation, guys. I hope, I hope you're uh, enjoying it as much as I am, listeners, and, and, and uh, Rich and Shelly too, man. Just appreciate you guys being on here. Um, as we start to wrap this one up, man, any, any last words of encouragement or parts of the story you want to get out there before we wrap it up? I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I, I really liked your comment about avoiding burnout, getting people around you. I mean, we had just this last spring, we had one of our major competitors in the bubble soccer arena who just burned out. Like he was, he was legit, like beating us. He was doing more events than us. Awesome guy. Great. And he's a great friend of ours, mm-hmm. but he was doing everything himself. And he burned out and closed, closed shop because he just couldn't do it anymore. And because we had employees running all of our events and, and we weren't burning ourselves out, now we're the beneficiaries of, of him closing his doors. We got lasted. Um, everybody else had burned themselves out. Wow. It, that is a classic example of one of the best children's books ever written. Do you know which one I'm going to say? Sounds like that tortoise in the hair. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Have you heard me tell that story about Dave Ramsey meeting the billionaire? 
I think, think so. so. Dave Ramsey tells the story. I was at a, I was at a mastermind event with him, and he's telling us. He said, "I had a chance to meet a billionaire. If you ever have a chance to have a bill, meet a billionaire, you want to have some good questions ready." And he said, "My question for him was, you know, give me some great books to have my team read that maybe I'm not familiar with, or maybe that I haven't haven't heard of. Like, what books have really influenced you beyond the obvious?" And he said, "Well, I keep several boxes of this, that exact book behind my desk." For when people ask that question, I just give them a box of the books. And the book was The Tortoise and the Hare, the kid's book. He's like, everyone on your team needs to read, understand, and, and embrace these concepts. Tortoise and the Hare. Isn't that cool? That's yeah. great. That yeah. was the billionaire's yeah. book recommendation to Dave Ramsey. But yeah, so we apply slow and steady around here all the time. Yeah. You know, just, you know, don't be in such a rush that you make big mistakes and get distracted and you're all over the place. The entrepreneur's journey is a long, slow, steady progress. It's not a snapshot. It's, it, it's a long play video. And you guys are on a great path. I'm super excited. I just hope you don't forget about us when you're like, have your own TV show and, and you're all famous and advising people on how to launch their own businesses while running a healthy family. I mean, you guys are just set up to do some really cool things. So yeah, appreciate you being on the show today. It was, it was truly an honor to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great. And let me just talk to the, uh, the listeners and the viewers today. Um, hey, God bless you guys. We call you business building warriors because it's not an easy journey. As you've heard, you know, there's been ups and downs. And I'm sure if we gave Rich and Shelly another hour, they could share, you know, 10 times that they cried together in the last four years about something. You know, this building a business isn't easy, but man, there's nothing like it. Rich walked away from a six-figure job to do this, to be home with his wife and his daughters and build something special. And they're doing it. They're making it happen. And I think they'd be the first to tell you, it's not because they're necessarily any smarter than the rest of us. They're just committed to the process. They're working it out. They're doing it. They hit a speed bump or a brick wall, as Shelly said. They figure it out. And we've got a community of 52,000 people that are there to support you in our free Facebook group, if that's you watching today. One other thing I want to point out too, Rich and Shelly, before I, before I wind down, I forgot to mention, you guys made an awesome post in our Facebook group. That's what led to this podcast episode. Thank you for that. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes as well. So you can kind of see how we first heard of the success that these guys were having. We knew that they were students of the Proven Amazon course, but I'd never heard a story from them. So appreciate you guys making that post because it's going to encourage and quite possibly lead to another interesting income stream for you guys as you become leaders in our community. As a result of this, you're going to see some gaps maybe in our educational content, help us fill those gaps, maybe get you on stage, educating, and entertaining others. And who knows where we'll go from there, right? But uh, God bless the listeners today. Again, thank you, Rich and Shelly. Awesome hanging out with you today. And we'll do another episode real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.